Okay, so Bajan has a question. He says, it would seem that the spectrum of mental possibilities during meditation on the holy name can be very wide, since as far as I understand, one can meditate on the sound of the holy name itself, how merciful it is, the words that make it up, the possibility of this sound connecting us with a service to Krishna, and so on. Because this is in contrast to other meditation exercises that seem to be more, quote-unquote, one way, I was wondering if there is a limit to the type of thoughts that can be held in the mind during the recitation of the Holy Name, or can any thought that has a connection with the Holy Name be considered as positive when meditating on the Holy Name? Thank you. One thing that comes to mind in pondering your question, considering your question, is that um, in the Nirvishesh schools, of which there are um, a number, uh, by Nirvishesh I mean those schools of Vedanta or spiritual um, pursuit that have as their ideal a undifferentiated um, absolute um, property would use the term impersonal um, um, in those and in those schools there is the idea that from what's called Savikalpa Samadhi, one will go to Nirvikopa Samadhi. So they have the idea that you will meditate on, ultimately on one thing, whatever it may be. And when the mind becomes fully focused on that, um, be it theistic or non-theistic, uh, let's say it's Vishnu theistic, um, then in the final stage, the mind will be removed from that as well. And you'll then enter into nirvikalpa. Vikalpa means like differentiation, right? Nirvikalpa samadhi. Whereas in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, we actually posit that there is a savikalpa samadhi. In other words, that the absolute is differentiated. Um, or that, let's say that feature of the absolute can be apprehended, can be realized uh, through bhakti. <clears throat> so it's a kind of a reverse in a sense, but we don't look at it exactly in the same way, just using the words themselves, sabhikalpa, nirvikalpa. Well, our samadhi has, is sabhikalpa. It has differentiation. Um, so to elaborate, I suppose, uh, on the other schools, their, their Savikalpa meditation would be different than ours, right? Because they see that the Savikalpa as a provisional stage. Um, our Savikalpa is, is beyond the Nirvikalpa stage that they're talking about. So, but anyway, the point is that in the Bhakti school, there is a differentiation variety within the absolute. Uh, yeah, uh, so, 
God has form, qualities, leelas, and so on and so forth. And therefore, yes, relative to your question, um, it's very user-friendly. As much as the mind flickers, moves from here and there, and so on and so forth. Well, in bhakti, you can argue that it could move from contemplating the form to contemplating the leelas to contemplating the name. Um, now, you talk about, Bhattin Das talks about the, the uh, meditating on or thinking about while chanting um, qualities of of Krishna, the the, uh, the significance of the name, philosophically speaking or theologically speaking. Uh, the latter would be kind of what, what do we call mananam. Mananam would mean like uh, you chant the mantra and then with your mind you contemplate the meaning of the words mm-hmm. uh, the significance and so forth um, I think last week we talked about chanting and relating it with the, the verses of Shikshastakam for example so this would be uh form of, of, of mananam and um, all I would say such thinking while chanting thinking about the form of the Lord thinking about the qualities of the Lord thinking about the significance of the name philosophically theologically as I say this would all more or less fall into the category of mananam uh, it's not a bad thing it's a good thing um but it's let's differentiate it from chanting the name such that the qualities manifest, for example, on the mind, which are present inherently embedded in the name or non-different from the name. So as the name is the flower of the name that blossoms and all the the wealth of the name is revealed. The treasures, the gem, Nam Chintamani, the, the gem of the name is mind um, through chanting. Then qualities of the Lord, the form of the Lord, the qualities of the Lord, the will manifest on the mind. Now that is Savikopa. Uh, type of samadhi. I mean, in other words, out of the name, out of meditation on the name, these um, aspects of the name, which is not different than Krishna, so aspects of Krishna's form, qualities, and so leaders and so forth, manifest. Mm-hmm. That's more developed um, than um, what I spoke of earlier, mananam focusing the mind, contemplating. You might think about the form, you might think about the name, you might think about, uh, contemplate the significance of the, of, of the name. All these things there are, are good. And the question seems to be, is there any limit to that? Well, uh, just, there's no limit to the qualities of Krishna or his leelas or the significance. I guess you could say no. And, uh, excuse me, in that 
when applying ourselves in that way in the chanting, well, you know, you're, 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 um, not drawing everything from the name, but that will, will come in time. The, it, it, it will, it may be useful, uh, in controlling the mind, which, as we said earlier, it, it likes to move. So we have room for it to move within certain parameters that will be conducive. And this makes the nam smaranam, uh, as I said earlier, user friendly because the mind likes to move, right? It's, it's moving on its own, right? Uh, it goes here and there and in ways that are, uh, you find all of a sudden you're over there thinking and then you bring it back to the name. So the smaranam, in effect, is a way of, um, it's trying to set up parameters that your mind can go within, flow within while chanting that will be conducive to the chanting uh, rather than be a, a distraction from the chanting. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of room uh, for that. And by such and this is just obviously central to the whole of bhakti yoga or any form of yoga, controlling the mind. Everything is, everything that we experience is in the mind. All pain, all suffering, it's in the mind. You don't have a mind. It doesn't matter what they do to your body. You're not going to feel it. So pain is not in the body. It's, it's in the mind. So suffering is in the mind, I should say. Um, and happiness as well. <clears throat> so, um, so controlling the mind. So if you control the mind in this way that while for example, doing japa rather than letting it wander here or there. Well, that's useful. And that will help us as much as we can control the mind in this way um, to ultimately, as I said earlier, draw out from the name mine, the treasure, the gem of, of, of the name in the uh, sense that he, Nam Prabhu, has, has a form has qualities, has leelas, and so forth. I hope that answers the question. Any follow-up on that would be be happy to entertain. Thank you, Guru Bhaj. Let's see, we have only two more questions, so if anybody has a question, please let me know. Uh, let's take a little lighter one from Krishna Kanaya. She say, asks, is it true that Nishingadev is three-eyed? Why? I heard this today in a podcast. I've never seen a, a, um, murti, a deity, or a picture, artistic depiction of Narahari, Narasimha, with three eyes. Uh, I've never heard of a description in any verse of the Bhagavatam. Uh, there's no such description in the Bhagavatam. Um, so it's not something I would uh, emphasize, given that the Bhagavatam is our principal pramana, and there are ten chapters in the Bhagavatam that deal with the Nishinga Lila in the seventh canto, and there are several chapters that deal with the um, those events at the gates of Vaikuntha, um, dealing with the Kumaras and the gatekeepers that give rise to the uh, nursing early. So a lot of, a lot of 
a good number, 10, 12, 13 chapters of the Bhagavatam dealing with Narasimha. So he's a very significant uh, form of Bhagavan within Gaudiya Vaishnavism. And there's no such description there. Um, I, I would assume that the podcast you were listening to was by some Gaudiya Vaishnava and he had some reference from somewhere, but it would not be from the Bhagavatam. That said, um, um, there is, is thought to be a, um, you know, a chakra, I forget the name, Sanskrit name, between the eyes that causes, uh, in, in modern times, this to be referred to as the third eye, right? The third eye. Um, so perhaps they're, the speaker is referring to, to something like this. Third eye is like the meditative eye, uh, if you will, um, through which you can see what you can't see with two eyes, uh, unless, of course, they're tinged with the salve of love. Achintya guna swarupam govindam adi purusham tamam bhajami. That's a, a, an interesting point because it's one thing to see with the meditative eye, even to see Bhagwan with the meditative eye, Krishna, Krishna Leela with the meditative eye. It's another thing to see Krishna with these eyes. Mm-hmm. Tinge with the sab of love, like, for example, in the Prakat Leela. Prakat Leela, they're seeing Krishna. They're not meditating on Krishna, seeing him with the third eye. They're seeing him with the two eyes in their, of their sadhakadeha. That is more profound, more deep, more significant uh, in his Brihat Bhagavatamrita and its uh, accompanying commentary. Vasanathan Goswami, he, he goes into some, in some depth in this, in the, uh, the second canto of the book. Um, emphasizing the profundity of that type of darshan. Brahma, at the dawn of creation, saw Krishna. Krishna gave him diksha and siksha, but it was all what we call antardarshan. Again, we want to kind of like using the third eye, an internal experience. In the words. Someone could have been sitting next to Brahma and wouldn't have seen Krishna or heard his instructions. And of course, there was no one around at the time, but it, it, it was antar darshan, internal darshan. So external darshan, really, this is very extraordinary. And that requires that the eyes, as Brahma Samita says, are tinged with the sap of love. Bhakti Vilochanena, Premanjana, Premanjana. So, um, Bhagavan Narasimha uh, Kijai, he has all eyes, he sees everything, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we sing? Uh, he's in, uh, he's outside everywhere, he's inside everywhere. Uh, what did Prahlad say when asked by his father? Uh, is he here? Is he there? Yes, yes. Is he in the pillar? Is there anywhere he's not? Would be Prahlad's answer. Mm-hmm. I see him everywhere. Did he mean it literally? Well, Hrani tested him, broke the pillar, and out came. <laughs> Another thing. So, that is the position of Vishnu. He's 
all pervading. Bhagavan Narahari Another question? Yes, Abai has a question. He says, uh, when you reach Golok, is there some element of Krishna and also your group, who would be your guru, your god brothers, etc., welcoming you as if they have been <laughs> waiting for you? Are they saying, oh, finally you have made it. We have been waiting for you and we are so happy you are here now. Or are are you a completely new person whom your group gets to know fresh? We can refer to the Brihad Bhagavatamrita where Gopakumar is entering Goloka. And Krishna says to him, I've been looking down the path every day for so long. Every day I'm going out cow herding and looking down the path. Where is he? Where is he? When will he come? Hmm? Uh, and of course, uh, on that day he comes and Krishna falls into a trance, weeping, embraces him. The other devotees are confused. They, they don't know what happened. Is this a demon or what? Why Krishna's passed out and, and so forth. And uh, of course, then um, he's revived and and uh, Gopu Kumar, who has the name Sarupa, uh, enters uh, the Lila. And his home is uh, in the family of uh, Sudama, excuse me, uh, Sridham and Radharani in Varsana and so on. And all this is brought out. Um, so, um, at least from that reference, we get the idea that that Krishna in his omniscience, the feature of Bhagwan that in the Brajalila is um, suppressed, which is contradictory to, or let's say the opposite of what you would think, or what is the reality for every other form of the Godhead, including Krishna and Mathura and Dwarka, which speak of Narayan and and uh, the different avatars of Narayan and so forth. They are overtly omniscient. They would be prominently characterized by their omniscience, their godhood. The omniscience here being a feature of Aishvarya, godliness. Krishna, of course, by contrast, is in the Brajlina is human-like, and what we find in a human like Leela of Krishna is that uh, other than his sarvagya, his majestic quality of, of um, omniscience, he's mugda. Mugda means like foolish, like unknowing, or let's say or the ordinary status of 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 most people, right? Um, so again, he's human-like. So this in the Brajlila takes takes precedence. His, his mugda and his aishvarya or his in, his omniscience sarvagya recedes to the background. This was uh, is it? Uh, remind us of a question posed by Bishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur in his Ragvartma Chandrika book about the path of, of, of Ragmarg. And he brings up the question there. He says that um, Iraganu Gbakta, the sadhaka, is practicing. 
Krishna is his uh, object of love, but Krishna is absorbed in the playful leelas of Braj. He's Radhanath, he's Subhalsaka, he's Yashoda Nandan, and so forth. This is his identity, this is how he thinks, and um, his omniscience, his Sabagya, is obscured by the power of the Prem there that makes him accessible on intimate terms, which he would not be if he was under the influence of his Aisvarya side. You couldn't get that close to him, right? You would know that he's God. He would know that he was God in there. There would be some some distance. So um, the question is, well, if we are on the path of Rag Bhakti, we're petitioning Bhagavan, our, our object of love, Krishna, how will he hear our prayers? How will he feel our uh, efforts, how will they be acknowledged when he's in this mugda uh, condition? And Vishwana suggests that, well, maybe the answer is that the Paramatma hears the prayers for the sadhaka. But then he quickly says, no, that's that, the Raghunuga Bhakti. If you're actually on the path, you cannot be satisfied with that idea. But all my prayers to Krishna are only going to the Paramatma. So he says that while Krishna is Mugda, he cites a verse from the 11th canto of Bhagavatam, where Uddhava in Dwarka says to Krishna, I'm amazed at you uh, that you know everything because his Sarbhagya is prominent in Dwarka. In Dwarka, the devotees all know that he's God. Right? So he says, so Suddhava says, you know everything, you're a Sarvagya, but you ask me questions. And lean on me for advice from scripture as to how to proceed. He said, this is just bewildered me. It's amazing. So what Vishwanath Chakrata is showing there from that verse is that in Dwarka, both of these features are present. While the Sarvagya is prominent, the Mugda is also there. So it is a feature of the Godhead. And in Braj, then, this is reversed. And that feature, the Mugda, becomes prominent. And the Sarvagya recedes to the background. But the point is, it's still there. It isn't lost. So Krishna is all-knowing. It's not lost. Krishna has Madhurya Shakti. Krishna has Aishvarya Shakti. And they will play, enter into the Leela at different times. I mean, the Leela in Braj is predominated by the Madhurya, so there's intimacy, and this Mugda is the norm, this unknowingness, if you will, of Krishna, which is a kind of knowing, because love is knowing. To love to know one is to love one. Uh, Krishna says in the Gita, the full measure of knowing is loving. Manamana, bhakto, this is Rajavidya. Love me. Think of me. Chant my name and so forth. He said, this is the Raja. This is the king of knowledge. Bhakti is the end of knowledge. To know, know, know me. Her is to love, love. It's an old song. So, so loving is the fullest measure of knowing. So the, the interesting thing here is the unknowing of Krishna 
if you will, is knowing, the fullest measure of his knowing, the unknowing of the inhabitants, the liberated, the muktas in Braj, is an example of the fullest measure of knowing, of enlightenment. Someone asked me from the Sri Sambradaya a few days back that, is there any reference anywhere in the scripture that you can give me that supports the idea that there's this ignorance in 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 the spiritual world because your position in Gaudiya Vaishnavism is that these people are don't know that Krishna is God. Hmm. I said, you know, there's no there's no example that there's uh, no support of the idea that there's ignorance. The idea here is that this is the fullest measure of knowledge. <laughs> this unknowing is the is a fuller measure of knowledge than the overt knowing. Hmm. Because see what it does, how much it acquaints one with Bhagawan, what are the, 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 the intimacy that arises from it. Mm-hmm. So, so, the, so anyway, the point of Vishwanachakri Thakur is because he, his sarvagya, his quality of omniscience, mm-hmm. this Aishvarya Shakti, which will show itself at times in the Leela, in the Prakat Leela, we see this. Mm-hmm. Krishna's carrying on with his friends and so forth. And uh, let's say uh, there he is in a Sesh Kumar Leela, beginning his calf herding Leelas, and along comes a calf uh, that is actually a demon. And so his Aishvarya Shakti comes and assists, and he knows, oh, this is, a, this is, a, this is an Asura disguised as a calf, Vatsasura, Vatsa means calf. Hmm in the form of a heifer, right? A demon. And so he, by way of sign language, motions, moving his eyebrows, Baladeva Darshanaya, he reveals it to Baladeva. Oh. But everybody else is kept in an unknowing condition for, for, for a number of reasons, given the circumstance, a calf. So Krishna picks up the calf by the hind legs and tail and starts pulling her around, which is fine, a fun thing to do hmm? uh, uh, with a calf, perhaps. And then suddenly throws her up into a, into a kapita tree, right? Wood apple tree, where monkeys like to hang out. Hmm? And the bodies are astounded. His coward friends have different ideas what happened. Hmm? But most of them, they think that, well, there was a calf and a demon went inside the calf and Krishna killed the demon. He didn't kill the calf. Mm-hmm. It's even an imitation calf. You, 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 you wouldn't want to do any harm to it. Let's speak of a real calf. Mm-hmm. So at any rate, uh, going on about this, but this particular Leela, I was just writing about it, but um, Krishna's Aishvarya Shakti came and played a role, right? Then, then, he, then she recedes. Which is, but every now and then she gets a part to play. And so similarly, Vishwanath Chakritakur concludes that the sadhaka's prayers to Krishna, Bhagavan, Swayam Bhagavan, Yashodananda, Radhanath, Subhalsaka, absorbed as he is in these, these, these leelas and forgetful, uh, as he is of his godhood, as are his devotees, uh, is nonetheless omniscient. And the prayers of the sadhakas, therefore, he can hear. He can hear those prayers. He can feel. He can feel your struggles. He knows. He knows them. And he said this to Gopakumar. 
all those doors you went and approached on my behalf, and so many of them were slammed in your face, going as he would, begging door to door on behalf of Bhagawan. And I felt that. And, I, and I've been waiting here for all this time, looking down the path every day. Is he coming? Is he coming? And here you are. And it caused him to faint. So the point I'm making only really from the Bhagavad is that Krishna knows. Krishna knows who you are. Krishna knows how he wants to accept service from you. Guru Dave comes and is the uh, agency through which that is revealed. And uh, that reality is an eternal reality. It's not, it's not made up. It's not, it doesn't have a beginning in time. Nityasiddha Krishna Prem, Saddhika Bunai, Shravanadi, Sudhachite, Koreedo. And so by hearing, chanting, etc., Shravanam, Kirtanam, Mananam, Smaranam, as we were talking about, the Chitta becomes Shuddha, pure, and this Nityasiddha Prem manifests in the heart. Um, and so Krishna knows, and you ask further, what about your god brothers and god sisters? They've already gone there. Do they do, do they know? Um, we have no kind of uh, reference to that effect. Um, it would appear, for that matter, from the reference that I gave in Brid Bhagavatamrita, that the other devotees didn't didn't know who is this who is this fellow. Mm-hmm. But um, at the same time, as I also mentioned, his whole his place of residence was in the house of Sridham, mm-hmm. the, the older brother of Radharani. Uh, so his mother and father were Kirtida and uh, and Vrishabhanu Maharaj, and Surely they knew. It's almost as if he's there, but but not not yet. Something like that. So they could know. Depends on our relationships with them. Um, guru will know. Those who are close to the guru, uh, and simultaneously close with another devotee, God, brother, God, sister. Why not? One thing for sure, it's all welcoming there. It's a big welfare state. There's no downside to it. There are unlimited food stamps for everybody. Hmm. <laughs> it's a, it, it, it's a, because it's, it's actually, Christ is actually the true, the true center. So by giving to the center, all the circumference is, uh, nourished at the same time. So it's all welcoming. Um, there are, I uh, should say, um, used to like to talk about the, um, the fact that the Swarup Shakti is very benevolent. So the Swarup Shakti is Bhakti and Bhakti takes the form of Krishna's associates and so forth, whether they be Nityasiddhas or Sadhanasiddhas. Hmm. So, um, so if we look at it like that, we could say yes. Swarup Shakti is all knowing. Generous um, and accommodating and uh, inviting and so forth. Mm-hmm. Hope that answers your question.
Thank you. So we have a couple more questions here. Sudvi has a question next. I guess I would say too, it kind of depends on how how close one is with any god brother or god sister. The closer you are, the more the more your connection between one another is going to be uh, karmically uh, bound and spiritually bound as well. Go ahead, Sadhvi, question. That's good, Maharaj. I have a question about um, how we shall look at uh, our job. I mean, when we, for example, we practice our sadhana, then we go to work. Should it be like a feeling of extension of our spiritual practice in a sense that we give ourselves there, like whatever capacity we have to, I don't know, manifest like whatever, make results there or accomplish whatever. Should we also like put effort and like seriously approach or we should rather spare our energy and kind of, or give the minimum necessary or we should feel it like mm-hmm. an extension and, and like really like surrender there as well. So to say to the activity, what we are doing for, for the time, these hours in mm-hmm. the day. Yeah. It's best to be fully present wherever we are and that in the context of, of a Krishna conscious world view so you can differentiate between I'm at work I'm on, I'm on, I'm on the altar why am I at work what am I doing is it unrelated to the altar or is it related and how is it related and then you contemplate like that and give your all in all so Prabhupada was fond of saying you know that if you were if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, if you're a businesswoman, as may be the case, you should be the best in your field. You're speaking to his disciple, be the best in your field. And, um, and, and this way, you know, uh, people's um, attention will be drawn to you and you can share with them what it is that makes you tick, what it is that makes you the way you are. So it's better not to see these things as 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 disconnected and then get neurotic about it and then artificially become a renunciate and be a dysfunctional person in the spirit in, in a material sphere um, and this would apply to jobs to raising family children to having a relationship with a husband or a, or a wife uh, I mean all these things are are um, in significant aspects of the average devotee's life. And if he looks at them as just material and separates them from bhakti, then he or she will not do a good job in those things and will artificially then think himself or herself to be um, more renounced, if you will, than, than, than one actually is, which is which is a, then a bigger problem. Next thing you know, he's taking a sannyasi, becoming a sannyasi, you know, and uh, and 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 he may have convinced himself and some others that he's qualified, but he's not. You know, we often see that sannyas, for example, is given as a way. It's not a way; it's a result. <laughs> Sannyasa is the realization 
not a not a practice. And then within the, within the sannyas, there's there's practice, obviously, but it's a realization. It's not a way to realization. Therefore, Bhaktivinoda said sannyas is only for those who have bhava. Then you're not going to have any problems with sannyasis, right? So, and the problem with sannyasis or renunciates, false renunciates, this is a big, big problem for everybody, right? Because he thought he was, and we're generous, so okay, I guess he is, or I guess she is. And then they turn out not to be. Then uh, it's a big uh, disappointment, and uh, rather than an example of a standard and to, uh, something to uh, as someone to follow and so forth, we get you know the opposite. So um, yeah, it's uh, such is the nature of bhakti; it can consume. Therefore, it's said that uh, one can be a householder and be a devotee on the bhakti marg, all the way up until the superlative stage. Whereas in yoga and gyan, that's not possible, classically speaking. Hmm? Celibacy is, re- is required. Hmm? And solitude also. Hmm? Detachment uh, is, is, is a way in the gyan marg, in the yoga marg. Hmm? We don't practice attachment. We practice attachment to Krishna hmm? and to sadhusanga by which the detachment and the renunciation in the Gyanamarg and the Yogamarg is comes about naturally. So you have to be you have to see that your your uh, attachment to Sadhusanga, attachment to guru and so forth is actually spiritual. This will be a test. Are the other things becoming less uh are you losing the taste for them and so forth. And so there are many examples too of someone who has absolutely no taste for those things, but does them. This is the in in Vishnu in Baladibhushan's terms. Oh, he says he has three classifications of devotees. Sanishta. Um what's the second one? Parinishta. Parinishta and Nirapeksha. Sanishta means he or she has material desires and is doing bhakti for their fulfillment. Hmm. Uh, means doesn't have those interests but does goes to work, uh, takes care of the children, provides for the husband or provides for the wife or whatever uh, and, and sets an example in the society. Hmm. He goes to the funerals, he goes to the weddings, but he has, she has no attachment for them. And, and is a better participant in them than those who are attached, um, to such affairs, looking for results. And so a person that, that, that person, the Parinishti becomes a, an example for others that attracts them to bhakti. And then there's the nearer picture who's the, who's the actual, the tyagi. The renunciate, the oddball, like me. Um, so uh, that is the rare, rare thing. That is a rare thing. And we, like Western people, want it, want to get it right away. 
you know, and I have it now. I've got a credit card. I could buy it now. You didn't really buy it now. <laughs> just went into debt. It just cost you, you know, that much more and you don't realize it, right? So we don't want to employ that kind of uh, illusion in in bhakti and be a false renunciate. So and bhakti has the power to do so. Therefore, as I said, while jnana and, and yoga paths in pursuit of transcendence, uh, there's no place, classically speaking, for household life because it calls on for, for brahmacharya. And household life means having children and so forth, typically. Right? So, bhakti, by contrast, you could be a householder. In fact, most of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's associates were householders. How do you think, how, how do you think, uh, 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 Ramananda Roy, he was a government assistant. Was he a good one or a bad one? Do you think he was thinking, oh God, I gotta go work today, you know, and be a government assistant? It's Maya. No, he wasn't thinking like that. So you look at the lives of so many associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Kolabeka Sridhar, you know, he was selling uh, banana leaf cups and taking 50% and using it for worshiping the Ganga. And Mahaprabhu would come and buy from him personally. Was he in Maya? <laughs> Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was buying banana leaf cups and bargaining with him and trying to get the price down <laughs> with his, his sakha. So Bhakti has that power to consume these activities such that they don't implicate us further in material life. But that, you know, that's it's easier said than done. So to be Epokagrihasta, we have a good example in modern times of Bhakti Binota for, right? We should, we should, we should, we should try for that. And, um, and, as I say, artificially, or making this bifurcation, this is Maya, this is, I mean, Krishna's running with gopis, I mean, in the middle of the night, is it Maya? <laughs> yeah. So you have to understand it. There's a, there's a way that you can take the the fangs out of the poisonous serpent, right? And then he, and he can't hurt you. And you don't have to get rid of They take the serpent, they're wrapping him around his neck, and you see these guys carrying it and so on. And so forth. they took the fangs out. Yeah. So that's the secret. I'll be a good dentist. To dental surgery. All right. Bhakti Devi Ki Jai. Anything else? Marge, can I ask a couple follow-up questions? Yeah. So this is a very interesting topic for me that you were talking about in the plat, uh, the, uh, this response. And so what, what came to my mind is there's a section in the Hari Bhakti Vilas that says that the best way for a devotee to make a living is to live on old money, which means you inherit money. That was like the number one. Or if you don't have any inheritance, <laughs> then it's better to just do the bare minimum that you get barely your like maintenance met. And then you do as much bhakti on the side on, on top of that as possible. 
So is it that that was given to Indians, you know, 500 years ago? And what you're saying, what Prabhupada are saying is more like for the modern Western devotees. That's my first question. And my second thought was, okay, so Srila Prabhupada said that it's better to be, you know, the best at your field. But say like if, say like you want to be a lawyer, if you want to be the best at your field, it's so all consuming that my immediate thought is like, when are you going to do any sadhana? So <laughs> like, how does that work? Well, regarding your, regarding your first question, I think some of those texts uh, and uh, directives are more relative to the time and, uh, and circumstance. And they fit, you know, with um, ancient India. But I mean, the principle is there that um, we need to maintain ourselves as a householder, but we should do what we need to maintain ourselves so that that energy can be used for our, our, our bhakti. So you can look at, I need this to maintain myself. And having that in place, I do it, do it as best I can. And, um, you know, um, and not the rest of the balance of my energy I can put into bhakti. Um, but it depends on different people. I'll give you another example. It said one of the principles, one of the angas of bhakti in a negative sense is one should not over endeavor for things. Mm-hmm. Uh, or let's say there's another one, one should not make many disciples. So what does it mean? Well, uh Patrita, I remember, commented, what it means, for one, it may be two or three disciples. For one, it may be a hundred disciples, a thousand disciples. It depends upon the person. Hmm? So each individual is, amongst householders, there are movers and shakers, and then there are just simple, more simple types of devotees and so forth. And so one may have... You know, let's take the uh, let's take the, uh, the corporate world in general. Somebody is going to come up with a product like Amazon. You know, that probably takes over the whole retail world. Uh, there are people like that. Uh, there's there's a, there's a number of they have that kind of karma, that kind of shakti entrepreneurism and they, they can develop it and and they have many many people working with them that could never ever do anything like that they're simpler in their nature and 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 uh creative abilities and, and so on and so forth so you have to look at the whole picture and then you apply um the principle so you know relative to your second question well it, you know it depends somebody that, that, that is going to enter into one of those fields Mm-hmm. That I don't, I don't think. I think. I guess I should say. I, I think. Let's say you want to be a lawyer, mm-hmm. and that's your nature, tendency, and so forth. And you find that to be e- easy comparatively. Well, uh, good. So you do that. Now I'm not saying. Therefore, you should become the best lawyer or the best artist or you know the. Um, but you should be attentive to it and we do it, you do it, you do it well. And so you don't have to, it's not that, you know, okay, everybody, this guy should, you're a doctor, you're a devotee. Now you should dedicate the kind of time and energy to your doctorship 
that you're going to become, you know, the number one doctor in the world. I mean, that that's not really what we're talking about. But you're, you're proficient. And when you're there, you're attentive to it. You do it well. And you're not partially there because you're thinking, this is Maya. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that said, there's, there's, there is there is something to be said relative to your first question and your reference to Hari Bhakti Bilas, the choosing an occupation that's, uh, you know, that's sufficient to meet your needs. It doesn't require a lot of energy. I think there's, there's much to be said for that, but we have to be careful that we don't like tip the balance. And, and, uh, like I said, uh, um, we're, we're, we're kind of neither there on, on either side. We imagine we're somewhere more on the spiritual side, but we're actually neither on the material or the spiritual. Does that help? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Avamsidari made a, a short comment. He said, maybe a good reframe is that one should be the best one can be working within their limitations. Yeah. Yeah. We have our limitations. And, and, um, and it's, you know, it's relative. Who's the best, who's the best politician? Well, half the nation will say he's the worst and half the nation will say she's the best, you know, so. Uh, or whatever, you know, you can review the products. Some people like them, some people don't. <laughs> so, good, good. That's a good um, comment from, from Mavzidari. Mm-hmm. What else? We, we have 10 minutes. Anything else? Yeah, there's a couple more people. Kishore Krishna has the next question. Kishore Krishna. Vijay. Thank you much. Pronounce good morning. Well. Um, good morning. Jabal Dev. <laughs> um, so Bhagavad Gita um ten ten Hesham Satra Yuktanam Bachatam Priti Purvakam Tadamburi Yogam Tamyena Mam Upayanti Te. Um in your translation it says to those who are constantly devoted who worship me with love, I give the power of div- discrimination by which they come to me. Mm-hmm. And some Swami calls ago, when you were speaking on that verse, you said, I within direct them how to come to me in the, um, speaking as Krishna. And so maybe I'm making something out of nothing, but I'm wondering exactly when um, you tend to do that (laughs) (laughs) Um, so you can yes you can let me know if i'm doing that here again but um is that a transition and how does that transition go that the power of discrimination becomes personal direction from krishna no it's just two ways of saying the same thing Krishna gives you intelligence. Moody is the word he uses. He gives the intelligence. So you have intelligence and, and Krishna spiritualizes it. Something like that. So he, he gives, uh, he, 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 he lies within the heart, as he says later in the 15th chapter of every living being, directs their wanderings and so on and so forth. So, um, whether we say he gives the intelligence or he is saying, I, I show the way. Same difference. 
So so it'll become clear to a, vo- a devotee when they're discriminating. When you practice, when you practice, then sincerely it becomes clear. Practice is, is, is a way of knowing. This is the point. Love Krishna with all your heart and soul and you will know what to do. It may be a little bit of trial and error, but you, which is sadhana involves that, but you will know. Sometimes people ask me, how do you know if you're making spiritual advancement? You're not. That's why you asked the question. Because you know when you make spiritual advancement. <laughs> it, 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 you can you understand it. Ah, in a simple sense. Uh, yeah, I was thinking of it like that, but it's actually like this. I see. Hmm. And what to speak then of taste and uh, uh, in a sense um, knowing. Now that doesn't mean to say that if you're not in ecstasy every day that you're not making progress. There may be there may be there may be um, um, you know the there, there, the straw that broke the camel's back. You know the saying, right? So there are many other straws that are put in place there. So once you have confidence that I'm putting foundational block, blocks stones. In place, and one day I'm going to I'm going to see. I'm above the ground. The foundation is above the ground because first you put the stones in the ground. You dig a hole, you put the stones down, and so you should have confidence philosophically that those stones are going in place. And you may understand that they are by way of how you're now thinking about bhakti. What you realize the verse is actually saying what the, what the text is actually. The, uh, the teaching actually means uh, and how you thought about it previously well, then you can see oh, oh I'm, these stones are getting in place right that tattoo is getting in place but at some point there's going to be a stone that's above the ground and another one another one another one and the house is going up then and it's it's very clear and it's clear to others as well she's making advancement he's making advancement right so That's my answer. Does it help? Yes, thank you, Guman. Okay. Okay, we have one more. It's from Krishna Chaitanya. All right, Krishna. Panams. Oh, can you hear me? Maybe I'm not. Can. Yes, we can hear you. Oh, you can. Good. I didn't do the right thing, but it's coming through. Uh, my question is, uh, right now, in Bhajan Rahasya, now I'm in the fifth verse, and there's a lot of verses, and others, Radha and it was just making me think about it. Um, a couple of wanderings that came to my mind were, well, well how is this? Like Dasya, and how is it not like Dasya? And also, in Priyanarma Sakas, is there any correlation between Radha Dasya and Tasvari Dasya? Um, meaning, uh, like Subal Das or Lita Das or such things, or just would you sum on Radha Dasya? What it means. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're breaking up quite a bit, but I think I understand your question. Um, in the Bhajan Rahasa's book by Bhakti Thakur, where he's talking about the different stages of bhakti and he's, and he's also 
connecting that with Shikshastakam. So when he gets to the fifth verse, there's an emphasis on Radhadasyam. Uh, and what Bhaktivinotaka was talking about there is the Manjari Bhav, in one sense, uh, in a specific sense, which is his own ideal. Um, and this Manjari Bhav, there's a famous statement by Raghunathas Goswami, where he says, um, I forget the Sanskrit, but it's in Vilap Kusamanjali. He says, I don't want to be the friend of Krishna. I don't want to be this, that, I, I, uh, of Radha. I just want to be a servant. So there are those who are friends of Radha, but the Manjari wants to serve the Adasi, Paliadasi, uh, for the term Radhadasyam. So this is a form of Madhurya Rasa, which is prominently a kind of Adasya to one half of the equation of the duad of Radha and Krishna, right? Extreme uh, devotion and servitude to Radha on the part of her maid servants. So it's very interesting. Um, and this is the preferred, according to Rupa Goswami, a preferred type of Madhurya Rasa compared to being a group leader and, and having direct union with Krishna, as Radha does, in which case you would be a competitor hers, rather than to be a competitor of Radha, to serve her Bhava and the sister in in um, meeting with Krishna. So there's a kind of a dasya, right, in the context of Madhurya. And so this is called Kamanuga, but the Kama, which here would be like an appearance of lust, sexually speaking, appearance uh, of of this in 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 the lila, this kama on the part of the manjaris is subsumed hmm, by their dasya for Radharani, hmm, which puts her kama for Krishna in the forefront, and they serve that. And as a result, what kind of relationship do they have with Krishna? Well, typically the Manjari is characterized as not having a romantic relationship with Krishna and not wanting anything to do with that. So that they say their karma for Krishna is suppressed. He's still the perfect lover in their minds. They couldn't imagine anybody else, but they're not interested in that because they think Rod is the perfect partner for him and they want to serve him, serve his lust, if you will, his karma, by bringing her in touch with him. This is, this is, and so as a result, they have a friendly relationship with Krishna. Hmm? So within their Madhuri Rasa, they have some friendly relationship with Krishna. Hmm? Um, so this is Manjari above. Now, that said, um, you, you ask about, uh, so, so anyway, there's a strong Dasya component, right? Hmm? To the Manjari Bhav in the context of Madhurya, very peculiar. Now, when you go to the to the Marmasakas who are friends of male male friends of Krishna, who have who are assist him and are indispensable in his romantic um, affairs, <clears throat> uh, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur says they are as good as the gopis in his Rajariti Chintamani, and they are as good as the gopis. Um, 
so they're indispensable. They have a kind of a sake bhav that, that at that time manifests. And their maleness, which might make one of the gopis attracted to them, is 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 um, not present, right? Subsumed. Um, so um, while the Priyanarmasakas have this intimate, friendly relationship with Krishna, because they have an intimate, friendly relationship with Krishna, well, they have a relationship with with Radha. Let's take Subal to ask about the Madhu the prominent Priyanarmasakas, um, singled out in the literature of our um, Goswamis. So while Subal has the friendly relationship with Krishna, he has a Dasya rapport with Radharani. So he's a kinkar, a servant. He considers himself a servant of Radharani. So I like Krishna as a friend. I worship Radharani as a deity. <laughs> That's the idea. Something like that. Uh, you know, to an extent. I mean, when you enter the context of the Leela, then um, you can argue with her too. Um, but <laughs> but uh, uh uh, and does that answer your question? So, so these narmasakas, yeah, they have a, have a stasic component, if you will. Yeah, okay, you got it. And then they have, they may have different yutishvara. Our yutishvara should be like Lalita, Visaka, Visaka, Gopi, Radha. You know, her, they are her like immediate extensions. They could be group leaders themselves, but they prefer to become leaders within her group. All right, so that takes us uh, beyond the hour, and nice questions. Nice to talk with you all. Next week is what? What's the date next Sunday? Today is the 10th, so I guess next Sunday would be the... 17th. 8th, 17th? Okay. I hope to be available. I'm flying out to Madhavan on the 18th, so hopefully... I'll be available. Sadi will ask me on on Friday, and I'll let her know, and then she'll pass on the word. Go, Premanandi. Go, Bhaktivinoda. Ki jai. Sadi, Maharaj. Ki jai.